don't know this, then you're behind the times. The only metric that matters is convenience. Rules apply to you. Suddenly you're an advertiser. It's March 22nd and time for your Social in 6 update. Yes, we've got plenty to update you on following what has been a busy two weeks across the social landscape. We've got the breakdown on the six biggest stories, including... Instagram's plans to launch an under-13s app, the new features coming to Twitter Spaces, and what Snapchat's latest acquisition means for social commerce. And as always, if you find this episode useful, please do leave us a review on iTunes and tell us why. Now, without further ado, let's get started. Let's talk about it. Let's talk Facebook ads. First up from Theo, Facebook is bringing in-stream ads to short-form content. Yes, with short-form content catapulting in popularity, Facebook has launched a new series of ad options that will naturally benefit brands as well as creators working in the short-form space. The platform recently announced the launch of in-stream ads for videos that are a minute long and above. On the creator front, better monetization is a natural motivator for making Facebook content especially when you consider that videos had to previously hit the three-minute mark to access monetization before. But short-form isn't the only place to benefit from Facebook's wide-reaching changes, with live streams also getting a monetization boost. Whereas Facebook previously had an invite-only program for live ads, creators with 60,000 live minutes in the past 60 days and at least five published live streams can now qualify for live ads. In addition to this, the platform is also testing sticker-style ads for stories, and investing $7 million in stars and virtual gifts, which are monetizable gifts that fans can donate to their favorite creators. And next, TikTok has introduced personalized ads and a new ad library called Top Ads. That's right. On April 15th, TikTok's default ad settings will be automatically changed from general ads to personalized ads based on what people watch on TikTok. A notification recently let users know that they would soon see personalised ads, but that they can still switch back to general ads if they want to. Obviously, this is good news for advertisers on the platform, as TikTok is notorious for its sophisticated algorithm. If TikTok's curation process for ads is as thorough, then you can rest assured users will be shown products and services that they already have a high interest in. Also in TikTok ads news, the platform has launched a new top ads library, where you can search through all of the best performing ads on the platform. You can view ads by region and industry and filter results by click-through rate, impressions and six-second view-through rate. You can then see information about the ad, such as the duration, its caption and engagement metrics. This is similar to Facebook's ad library, which allows you to search for pages and see what ads they're running, if any. But TikTok's version seems more suited to brand education than transparency and complements recent updates like Seller University and the TikTok for Business account for advice. Now, Instagram is building a version of the platform for under 13s. Yes, over the years, we've become used to light or parent controlled versions of platforms with Messenger Kids and YouTube Kids. But did you ever expect to see a version of Instagram for the youngest members of Gen Z? Well, nothing is confirmed yet, but Instagram has said they're exploring a service to help under 13s who fall under the age gate for Instagram to connect with friends and explore new hobbies. It's likely any service will give peace of mind to parents while also giving young people a safe place to express themselves. The news also coincides with a recent blog post which outlined Instagram's plans to make the age gate stronger. Currently, there is nothing to stop anyone lying about their age when signing up for an Instagram account, but the platform has said it's looking into machine learning to better detect users' ages. One other development is a series of safeguarding measures which will include preventing adults from messaging under-18s outside of their friendship groups. 
Instagram has also promised to step up its signposting as well as making it more difficult for adults to discover under-18s on the platform. That's part of what Clubhouse well, is you, about, Joe. It's when, awkward, when, um, uncomfortable silence. I, I um, Yeah, it, was, it, it does get... It's pretty interesting. People kind of sit with it and it kind of works, um, but it's... It's kind of a, it's something that we're all kind of learning as we, as we build the thing. So next up, Clubhouse has launched a creator first program to help creators monetize content. Yes, Clubhouse has launched its creator first accelerator program to help creators grow on the platform and monetize their content. Clubhouse CEO Paul Davison said they plan to choose 20 creators and develop concepts for their clubs, provide them with the necessary equipment and match them with relevant brands for sponsorships. He also confirmed that each creator would get at least $5,000 in guaranteed monthly income. The update obviously means creators will be able to monetize their clubhouse efforts through brand partnerships and sponsorship deals for the first time, which is a great incentive to cultivate top talent, especially as Twitter Spaces looks to launch and Facebook is reportedly working on its own audio chat room. But for 20 lucky brands, there's an opportunity here to collaborate with these prominent creators that match their values and goals. Davidson added that brands are already reaching out to Clubhouse looking for opportunities to get involved. Fit Analytics is the maker of a product called FitFinder. And finally from Theo, Snapchat has acquired apparel sizing tech company Fit Analytics. Yes, Snapchat has made no secret of its want to improve the shopper experience, having launched visual search and having continued to partner with major brands like Gucci. However, the latest chapter in this story is very fitting. Get it? Snapchat has just acquired Fit Analytics, a virtual shopping assistant that helps users find their perfect fit in clothing and footwear. The Berlin-based tech startup already works for brands like ASOS and Calvin Klein, with a FitFinder tool that works using customers' size and body measurements. However, with Snap as a partner, it would appear that we're in store for further innovation by way of Snap's try-on filters and body mapping technology. Imagine going to Snapchat and getting the most accurate representation of how an item of clothing will look and fit on you. That's slightly to turn more than a few heads. The good news for brands is that Snapchatters who use AR trial filters are over two times more likely to convert, according to Search Engine Journal, which spells huge potential. As for the partnership, Snap and Fit Analytics have said they'll be working together to execute the future of next-gen shopping, with Fit Analytics continuing to serve its current clients. Because everybody's got a Twitter profile. All these prominent people who were sitting there in Clubhouse having a time, there's not a single one who doesn't have a Twitter profile. And it works on Android. And it works on Android, which Clubhouse hasn't figured out yet. And lastly, from you, Eve, Twitter hopes to launch Twitter Spaces in April, complete with several new features. Yes, at last, Twitter has confirmed it's planning to roll out Spaces in full to all users in April, though there is no set date yet. Now, many of you will know that Twitter has been testing Spaces since December, and we've been following its progress here ever since. If you think you've seen the feature before, that's probably because even though only users with full testing access can start a space, all users on iOS and Android can join one. With the launch, Twitter's looking to include several new features to Spaces. The first is a tipping feature called TipJar, which was spotted in Twitter's code by app researcher Jane Manchin Wong. Twitter's head of consumer product also recently said that Spaces hosts and participants could soon have the option to save and share sound bites of conversations, which would differentiate it from Clubhouse, where what happens there stays there. This would be a useful feature for promotional content, but could raise moderation issues if audio clips are edited and shared without the Spaces hosts and speakers' consent. And last Monday, Twitter also revealed that it's considering co-hosting in Spaces. 
So Eve, like we said, loads and loads has happened across the social landscape, but the stories I'm most interested in concern Twitter spaces and Clubhouse and this sort of rivalry that's been building up over the past uh, few weeks and months, and especially with news that Twitter spaces are going to be launching in April and that Facebook might also be exploring a kind of audio chat room feature, which we probably knew about for a while, knew to expect. It's it's really, really hotting up in the audio first space. And it'd be interesting to see uh, post-launch of Twitter spaces, how many users from Clubhouse move over, and the same with Twitter, what, what the sort of landscape looks like. Mm, the audio race is definitely hotting up, isn't it? And personally, I'm backing Twitter, just because I think Clubhouse's exclusivity pull can only bring it so far. And there's already talk that it's going to struggle to retain users once that hype has passed initially. But you look at Twitter and people already have established audiences there that they can capitalize on. You know, they don't have to drag people over. I'd be interested to see Facebook's own audio product, but I still think Twitter will win out because of the way that people use the platform, which is obviously more geared towards live conversation. I think it'll be a bit of a a bit more of a pivot for Facebook users to try and adjust to it. There's interesting things happening with Clubhouse, and I think Clubhouse has started something. It's pioneered something, but I think ultimately the major players are the ones that are going to continue that. A bit like what we saw with Snapchat Stories. You know, they definitely pioneered it, but you know, other platforms not naming names, we're able to take it further. Yeah, it'd be interesting as well to see how the podcasting community kind of reacts to these uh, latest updates because I sort of feel like these audio first spaces may not have been possible, may not have been as talked about if it hadn't been for the massive boom that we've seen in podcasting over the uh, past decade or so. Mm. So that'd be really interesting as well. And I think... The thing to consider for anybody who's podcasting is the, you know, the opportunities for innovation within this space as well and for growing that audience on social media platforms, whereas before podcasting maybe existed as YouTube sort of videos, if you were to film your podcast. There's really a lot of potential, I think, here to do something quite cool. Yeah, definitely. And I think any of the platforms that want to differentiate themselves further in the audio space would be wise to tap into the absolute vast network of podcasters that now exist. If you look at platforms like Spotify, the way they've been able to integrate different features into their audio offering that sort of merge music with radio, with podcasting, with sound bites and clips. And this news from Twitter that Spaces is probably going to have the ability to re, um, record and share clips after the fact ties in perfectly to you know how we work with podcasting promo. So any podcasters um, will definitely be interested here, but in reverse, the platforms themselves should be looking to collaborate with podcasting creators if they want to win said audio race. Completely agree. Can't wait to see how it all pans out. We've had a lot of people join us from the marketing meetup over the last week. So to all of you, welcome to Social Minds and thank you for tuning into our webinar and for joining the Social Minds Facebook group. If you missed the talk, don't worry, you can watch the full webinar on the Marketing Meetup's YouTube channel where Theo and I gave our top tips for launching a successful podcast. And for everyone who has joined recently, this was Social in Six, which is a chance for Eve and I to bring you the latest and greatest in social every other Monday. But next week, we'll be back with another interview. And if you're wondering whether it's worth sticking around, let me tell you this, we've got some fantastic guests coming up this year, including a return from Reddit and a debut for Brewdog. Don't miss it. Thank you for listening. We really hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, please remember to leave us a review on iTunes because it really, really helps and allows us to bring you brand new episodes every single week. This has been the Social Minds Podcast with myself, Theo Watts, Eve Young, and produced by Ollie Thompson. 